out where we go, oh, that satisfies me to the utmost and I can live here forever. There's all something something else you get that but there's still something more you get the man you get the woman you get the house you get the car you get the children you get the dream you get the college you get the degree you get but there's always something in us that that longs for something more and remember last week I said eternity has been placed in the heart of man and there's something within us that knows that we're not just meant to this is it something in us know there's more to life than this we say that there's more to because God has placed eternity in our hearts and so what we need it says when we we figure that out then we realize that this world there's something more that we're really not just of this world there's something bigger there's something greater that we're looking and longing for in John 14 1 through 3 it says this we got word today, you guys. And you guys, one thing that I want us to do in the word, you guys, look at the word. And, and I'm so glad. If you have your Bibles, look at it. I'm, I'm so glad for these big screens because the big screen for me lets me look at every word. It's in my face because it's so big. And I love it. But it makes me put weight. You guys, put weight don't dismiss a a, a the, a it. Don't dismiss any part of the scripture because every part of that scripture is speaking to you. How it's said is how God wanted to speak to our heart. So today, I have a lot of scripture that's going to shore us up about heaven and wanting to be in heaven and what's going to be there. And if we don't, um, in light of eternity, if we don't know where we're going to go, we're just going to live our life vague and thoughtless. But as we shore up what God has for us, it gives more purpose to our living and it helps us to walk a different way in light of eternity. In John 14, 1 through 3, it says this. Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, agitated. Now, you know what? We are living in troubling times, right? The disciples, they were feeling like, what's going on? Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, you know, crucified, going to leave. What is, their hearts was troubled by what they thought. Sometimes we have a thought about how things are going to go, how things are going to, like, we, we never would think a pandemic. Come on, that's not in our thoughts. We're not thinking of COVID and people dying. We're not thinking about, sometimes our thoughts is what gets us in trouble. Instead of realizing that no matter what comes, God is with us, we get concerned over what comes. But he's saying this, do not, do not, and I want to keep on saying, do not. You guys tell yourself, do not let. Now this lets me know when he says do not let, it means that I have an ability to, to, to let or not let. I have an ability to allow something to happen to me or I can stand on the word of God that says do not let. That lets me know that, that God has given me a power within me that I don't have to take everything that comes to my mind or to my heart. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not, we got the power, y'all. We have the power. Y'all have to hear this. Do not let it happen. Do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, or agitated. You believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely on God. Believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely also in me. Now, remember this. 
there is this prerequisite of not letting our hearts be troubled is that we have to rely and cling to God. We have to adhere to his word. There's a prerequisite. You're going to be troubled if you're not leaning and adhering to his word. We will be troubled. But it's saying if you believe in and you adhere to and you trust and rely on God, there's no need to be troubled. That's what he's saying. There's no need to be troubled if we will do these things. Then he goes on and says that this, in my father's house, there are many dwelling places. And you know, in other versions, it says mansions, right? If it were not so, I would have told you. Remember, we just got, got finished saying he's a God that cannot lie. So he said, if it were not so, if this wasn't true, I would have told you. For I am going away to prepare a place for you. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And when and if I go and make ready to pl- a place for you, I will come back again and will take you to myself that when I'm, that where I am, you may be also. I was getting a little excited because I was thinking about something that when my husband was in the military and he had to go before me, okay, to, to get a place. Some, some of you guys might have experienced this where to prepare a place for you. You're excited about this new place. Where, when I get to, to this place, how's it going to be? What's the house going to be like? What has been prepared? You get excited about this new place. Well, we should be excited. God has told us, I am going away. Jesus, Jesus was telling his disciples, I'm going away and I'm going to wait to prepare a place for you. That where I am, and my husband was preparing a place so that where he was going to be at, you know, we would not be separated anymore. We would be together, right? And God is saying, where I am, you'll be also. Believers should be so excited about that. Believers should be so excited that our Father has, Jesus went away to prepare a place for us so that we can be with him. Amen? When he, got, when he rose up out of here, he's, he didn't just ro- rise just to leave and, and never come back, but he said, I'm going away, I'm going to repair a place, and the way that you saw me come up is the way you'll see me come back to come and get you and take you back with me. That should be excitement in our spirit. Amen? The only way it's not exciting is that we've made this world our permanent home. And so when we have put all our hopes in this world, then the thought of leaving this world or or going somewhere else, sometimes that can seem so like, what? And what's going to happen? And do I even want to go there? Because we have planted our hopes and our dreams in this world. But in, in Hebrews 13 and 14, it says this. For here, it's talking about earth, we have no permanent city. We have no permanent city, but we are looking for the one which is to come. This world is not our permanent home. It's not enduring, it's not lasting, and it will not be continuing. God said that this heaven, this earth will pass away. Even if we love it so much that we want to stay forever, this earth, it will pass away. So we need to get our hope on something that's not passing, not fleeting, not something that's going to endure and last forever. In Philippians 3 and 21, it says this, for us as believers is to grab hold of this, for our citizenship is in heaven. I want that to fall on us. For our citizenship is in heaven. 
from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. For our citizenship, everybody, we got to get this. For our citizenship, okay, we got to remember this is not our home. We are pilgrims just passing through this place. This is not, earth is not forever. This earth is not forever. The, the word of God said earth will pass away. This, so to get our hopes, you know, bent here, is, it, it's going to be a hopeless situation because it's not enduring. That's not an enduring hope. But God is letting us know that we, our citizenship is in heaven. Aren't you glad your citizenship is in heaven? Your citizenship is in heaven. And it says that we eagerly. Now, one of the things that, that when I read about heaven, and we should all, sometimes we read through the scriptures, but we don't, we don't go back and read about where we're going after this is all over. And so there's no, no anticipation. There's no expectation. There's no, he says, which we eagerly. When's the last time you was like, I eagerly, I eagerly can't wait to get to heaven. I eagerly, there's something in your spirit, but sometimes we forget we're here on assignment. We're here on assignment to do the Lord's will, to be a part of bringing more people to Christ, but this is not our home. We have a better place. And she says, so from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says he will transform our bodies. You know, lately there's been so, so much sickness going around, the thought of a transforming our bodies from mortal, from, you know, immortality to immortality is a wonderful thought, right? Where we're not sick where we're not going through all these different things. That's a part of heaven. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 20, it says this. But I tell you this, brethren, flesh and blood cannot become partakers of eternal salvation and inherit our share in the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable, that which is decaying, inherit our share in the imperishable, the immortal. And what he's telling us, going back to that scripture, we're going to be changed Okay, from mortal to immortality. These bodies right here, these bodies, they, flesh and blood can't go where, where things, you know, don't decay, where things live on forever because this flesh dies, it decays. So we won't have this body. We will have a body that will not die, will not decay. In the uh, First Corinthians, in the NLT, it says this, what I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies these physical bodies right here, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These physical bodies will go back to the dust from which it came. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. Now we know, um, some of you guys uh, might have read, our, I know our ladies, um, Jessica put a good post in there about taking care of these bodies. And these bodies, because they are the vehicle of, and I've said this before, the vehicle that um, transports us around on this earth to do the will of God. Without these bodies, you know, we can't continue to go and tell people. We can't continue to, you know, lift up the name of Jesus. These bodies have to be, when he says, go ye therefore, it's these bodies. But one thing I really want, and, and we need to take care of these bodies, but I, one thing I really want to get across is that these physical bodies 
these physical bodies, I love how the, the scripture says, I wish that you be in good health, right? It says, and prosper, but even as your soul, our prosper, it's our souls, you guys. It's our body, soul, and spirit. It's our soul. See, when I take care of my soul right, when I really take care of my soul right, I'm going to take care of my body right. That's what the Lord told me. When I really take care of my soul right, I will take care of my mind right. I will, because sometimes we, we're one or the other or we're off balance. But when we get our souls really right, then I'm going to do what God says. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to be in moderation. I'm going to do all those things when I get my soul right. And because that's, that's the thing that God wants us to get all the spiritual wisdom so that we can walk out in all areas of our life. But we have to remember that a lot of times in, in, in getting our physical right now, and I'm not talking about I believe in physical healthy, but I, some people are physically um, self it's all about self, pretty, cute, look, all this. But that's, none of that's going back to heaven. None of that's going back to heaven. And what God wants us to do is make sure, you know, we've seen a lot of pretty, gorgeous people. Okay, but if you get up close enough on them, and if their soul's not right, they're only gorgeous for a little while. Because then you start seeing that ugly, right? You start feeling that ugly, hearing that ugly, right? And God wants us to make sure that we get this soul right. Because this, this soul is what's going to stand before the Lord one day. And so this, this physical body, it will not, it will not, okay, stand before the Lord. It is good for down here on earth to do the work of the Lord. But don't get it twisted. Get your soul right. Because when the Lord calls us, we are going to have to stand before the Lord, not about our bodies, but about our souls. In 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 5, it will say this. For we know this, we know that when this earthly tent, that's our body, we live in is taken down. And it will be taken down, you guys. That is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven and it eternal body. Isn't that excited? Exciting excitement to you guys that we'll have a house and it's an this tent is be taken down. But we'll have an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies. Amen. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies, but we will be spirits with a heavenly body. Wow. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not what we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies. So there's, God's not saying that we just want to die and, and get out. We just want to put on what? Our new bodies that will not die, that will not get sick, that will not be limited, right? These bodies are limited so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared for us this. And as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So right here, first of all, heaven is going to be about, we're going to have new bodies, you guys, that God is going to give us. And these bodies are not going to die. They're not going to be limited, right? 
So heaven's going to be a totally different place. No matter how, uh, you know, I was thinking, no matter how healthy we can be on this earth. And again, I'm saying that God, that is God's call for us to be healthy. It does not guarantee continual life. It does not guarantee. Me, me and uh, Pastor had one of our best friends named um, Alan. He had just came from the hospital from his, um, his checkup. He had checkup. Man was, they told him he was one of the healthiest men, heart, everything. Got to the stoplight from the, from the checkup and died at the stoplight. So there's no guarantee. Do you understand? We got to put our trust in God that God is showing us what to do and how to do it, right? So that one day, there is no stopping. There's nothing that's going to stop us from dying, okay? And I just told this, this one thing I said. In God, I don't know how I'm going to die. You guys, I don't know. I, I want to please the Father that when I die, I'm not dying of diabetes. I'm not dying of heart. I'm not dying of things that I didn't take care of, right? That I could have taken care of. But I'm going to die, all right? And so I'm going to die some way. That's what the word got. I'm going to die. And so when, when this dying body dies, you know what I'm saying? I want to know and I'm excited to know that I'm going to pick up another body <laughs> that will not die anymore. Amen? And I'm thankful for that. In 1 Corinthians 15, 22, 52 to uh, 53, it says this. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Here again, he's telling us about our bodies, that we're going to be transformed. We're going to be without limitations. We're not going to die anymore. In the Message Bible, it says, you hear a blast to end all blasts from a trumpet. See, I don't know if I will be here, but if I'm here, I want to hear that trumpet sound. How about y'all? I want to hear it. Somebody says, oh, that's fake. You guys are believing in a fairy tale. The Bible says, so what if some do not believe? Does that make the word of God without effect? It doesn't matter if you don't believe. I believe it. I believe his word. And we've got to decide whether we believe his word or not. Because sometimes we are listening to people about things of God. We're listening, and they're, they're uh, doubting things of God and we walk away and we're doubters too but we need to believe what the word of God says it says stand in the truth and we've got to get so immersed in truth that no matter what anybody says this is what I'm standing in whether you're standing in it or not this is what I believe you hear a blast to end all blasts from a trumpet and in the time that you look up and blink your eyes it's over on signal from the trumpet from heaven, the dead will be up and out of their graves beyond the reach of death, never to die again. At the same moment and in the same way, we'll all be changed. In the resurrection scheme of things, this has to happen. Everything perishable taken off the shelves and replaced by the imperishable. This mortal replaced by the immortal. You guys, when we're listening to this, they're, they're talking about when the Lord comes. This is talking about when we go back to heaven. It's like we're gonna, there's going to be a day that all this stuff that we're looking at, all the news, all this stuff that's going, don't you get stuck on earth, you guys. 
Some people are going to be stuck on earth. But you guys, let's get stuck on heaven. Let's get stuck on living with God eternally. It will change our perspective. It will change what we value. It will change how we live when we get stuck on heaven and the word of God. In Revelations 21, 1 through 4. Then, now, remember last Sunday I talked about the um, rich man and, and Lazarus. And I talked about what happened when he seen the man in hell, okay? The man was miserable. The man was tormented. The man wa- wanted him to just dip his finger and just touch his tongue with some water. He wasn't happy. He wasn't, as some people saying, party hardy down there. He wasn't doing all. He was miserable. He was in torment. Now, today, I'm going to talk about another vision that John had. And so John says this. Then I saw a new sky, heaven, and a new earth. For the former sky and the former earth had passed away, vanished, and there no longer existed any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, all arrayed like a bride, beautiful and adorned for her husband. Then I heard a mighty voice from the throne, and I perceived its distinct words saying, See? The abode of God is with men, and he will live in camp tent among them, and they shall be his people, and God shall personally be with them and be their God. God will wipe every tear. He will wipe away every tear. You guys hear this? He will wipe, I don't know, somebody's crying right now, but here's hope right here. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither neither shall there be anguish, sorrow, and mourning, nor grief, nor pain anymore. For the old conditions and the former order of things have passed away. Um, This is just not some beautiful sonnet, you guys, or some beautiful poetic words. This is God's promise to us. This is what he saw, that God's going to wipe all tears away from... We're not going to cry no more, you guys. God's going to wipe all tears from our eyes. He's going to take away all pain, all anguish. You know, last night I I was putting my mom to bed, and the fracture in her neck is is so painful. And as she let out this scream, because to get her in the bed is is just really hard. I thank God for Pastor Sam coming and helping me. But the, the, the scream that she has because of the pain that's in her neck, and I just thought about this. He's going to wipe all all pain because there's some pain down here and there's pain down here you guys that'll make us it'll make us change if we're not careful because some pain is so painful but God wants to give somebody hope I don't know where you're at laying in a bed I don't know where you're at in a hospital room I don't know who's watching me right now but there's a promise that we will not be in these bodies that are subject to pain forever that God is going to wipe all the tears, take away all the pains. You know, uh, we've had a, a season, my sister was telling me about how in her church alone, her church alone, 37 deaths of COVID. And I thought to myself, my God, you know, how that must rock this church. 37 deaths. But God said, there's not going to be no more grief, you guys. I don't know why anybody would want to be stuck here. You know, because sin is here, and because sin is here, death is here. I don't know why anybody would want to be stuck on earth, amen, when God has promised us a better place, 
a place that, yes, we have. Now, I don't want somebody to go, yeah, that's why I want to get out of here. And that's why I want to die. We, we live here. And as we live here, we have the promise of the witness of God in this dark place with all the sin. We have the witness of God. And you know, what was so sweet last night, and I wanted to tell Pastor Sam when I got home, what was so sweet, and it's been the last two nights that Pastor Sam has came over, was so sweet. And my mom is all this pain, but she always wants Sam to pray. And it was so sweet as we were standing there. And this is what I thought about. This is what we got. This I have. This is what we have. We have the witness of God. And as Sam gets mom situated in the bed, and I just went through this, like, just felt so awkward because she was in so much pain. Of How can I help her get in the bed? And she's, she's pain. But then Sam gets down and holds her hands. And I said, this is what we have on this earth. This is what we have beyond the pain, the sorrow, and the grief. This is what's going to get us through till we get to heaven. And as he grabs her hand, the first night he prayed with her, but then last night we, we had her to pray. And after all of that pain, I, I, I saw her faith. I saw her faith, you know, restored as she's praying. I, and praying the word of God, I, I saw the peace come upon her. I saw, you know, I just saw all that strength come upon her because that's what Jesus will do for us in this earth while we're waiting to get home to the place that he's prepared. His witness is with us. And I'm so glad for that. Then in Revelation, another part of that vision, it says, Then he showed me the river whose waters give life. Spark now y'all just get a vision of this, okay? Then he showed me the river whose waters give life. You know, there's been so much death talk, death talk, death talk. Turn on you. Now let's think about this. A river whose waters give life, sparkling like crystal, flowing out from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Through the middle of the broadway of the city, also on either side of the river, was the tree of life with its 12 varieties of fruit, yielding each month its fresh crop. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing and the restoration of the nations. There shall no longer exist there anything that is a curse, detestable, foul, offensive, impure, hateful, or horrible. No longer any other, anything like that. But the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall worship him, pay divine honors to him, and do him holy service. They shall be revealed. Wait a minute, I think I did wrong. Okay. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. And there shall be no more night, you guys. They have no need for lamplight or sunlight, for the Lord will illuminate them and be their light. And they shall reign as kings forever and ever through the eternities of the eternities. And he of the seven angels further said to me, these statements, and I want y'all to get this, these statements, what I've said to you, what I've shown to you, they are reliable, worthy of confidence, genuine and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his messenger angel to make known and exhibit to his servant what must soon come to pass. And behold, I am coming speedily. You know, every channel or prophet or leader, 
I mean, Joyce Myers the other day, she said, if I don't, I'm going to say this every time. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus, because he is coming, you guys. The word of God is lining up. Jesus is coming. And if we would read the word of God, we would see prophecy being just foretold. That was foretold. It's here right now. He is coming. And he say, he's saying that, and behold, I come speedily. And behold, I am coming speedily. You guys, don't think like we got a whole bunch of time. Don't feel like you got all this time to get it together. Blessed, happy, and to be envied is he who observes and lays to heart and keeps the truth of the prophecies, the predictions, the consolations, and the warnings contained in this little book. Look at God is saying, we got to keep the predictions. We got to look at the predictions, what he said is coming, what's going to happen. We have to look at the consolations. He comes to consolate us during these troubled times, and we must allow them to be truth in our life. And he says, we also must look at the warnings. God is warning us, and we must also look. Don't, don't act like the, it's nothing. The, the book, the, the, the book, the, the word of God, it is truth, and it warns us. It consolates us, and it foretells what is going to happen. And he says, we need to keep these truths. We need to, to put it to heart that I'm going to keep the truths of the word. You know, some of us were growing up, and, you know, we've heard it. You know, I, I know at a time when I was a teenager, they was telling me Jesus was coming. Jesus is coming. Now I'm an adult. They're telling me Jesus is coming. And some of you guys are young adults. And you're hearing, well, y'all done heard it. They done heard it. You know what? Can I tell you, though? We're all closer to him coming. Every time we hear it, we're closer to his coming. Don't gaff it off and go, well, they said it. He must not going to come. They said it. He must not going to come. They said it. Remember when Noah told them it was going to rain. And he kept telling them it was going to rain. Come on into the boat. It's going to rain. Come on, get repeat. Come on. But they thought it was something that couldn't happen because of how their mind couldn't see a boat. They hadn't had no rain. So in their mind, that was going to happen. Let's not be foolish like that. God has said he's coming, and he has a time that he's coming. And one of the beautiful things about his timing is that God is not willing for any man to perish. So he has a time for, for, for me to get there, for Ajene to get there. He has a timing that no one that he wanted to be there would be left out. And so we should be grateful that he didn't come 20 years ago. Or, 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 or you know, somebody would have been missed out that we love, all right? It could have been us. And so God has a wonderful timing about when he is going to come. And he's letting us know, you guys, that we need to look at the word of God and believe that the word of God is truth. It said, blessed and happy is he who observes and lays to heart and keeps the truth. Come on, blessed and happy is those who, and not just for heaven, you guys, not just for where we're going, but if we lay to heart the truth right here, we would walk without having so, many, so much trouble, making so many mistakes, because the word of God, it leads and guides us and shows us how to live right down here on earth. And I love this. And it says, and I, John, who was having this vision, and he who heard and witnessed these things, and when I heard and saw them, I fell prostrate before the feet of the messenger, 
who showed them to me to worship him. But he said to me, refrain, you must not do that. I am only a fellow servant along with yourself and with your brethren, the prophets, and with those who are mindful of and practice the truth contained in the message of this book. Worship God. Point right here that God wants us to get. That no matter what we see or what's going on, you know, worship God. Worship God. The man that touches you and miracle happens, worship God. The man that preaches the word and the word influences you, worship God. He said, do not worship man, worship God. Here was an angel, and the angel was, he, he had showed him great and mighty things, showed John, and John, and he, John just wanted to fall out. It was, it was so amazing what he saw. He wanted to worship the, the messenger, but the messenger said, don't do that worship God and this messenger is saying that no matter where the message of goodness is coming from you worship God our problem as the church today is that we begin to worship man and then when man fails we're ready to walk away because they walked away I might be worshiping the praise and worship oh she sings so good she's so wonderful she, and she might walk away then you want to walk away worship God Pastor David might not always be here. Worship God. God wants us to know that there is where it is. It's when we, if we're going to get to heaven, it's going to be by worshiping God. Don't worship your talent. Don't worship anything. You know, I, I, I listened to Sarita this morning as she sung that song, and I thought, oh, my God, she sounds so beautiful. Worship God. Worship God. We've got to worship God. Now, here's one of my favorite parts is that a lot of times, when any, t- any time you're in something, um, you look for a reward. Now, you think that heaven, yes, heaven is a beautiful reward, but it has rewards. And so I've talked about this, but I want to bring this into this chapter because I, f- I feel like sometimes we don't realize that we're not just that, de- we're just not going to heaven We're not just going to go to heaven and see the Lord, which is amazing, but there's going to be rewards. And these rewards come from what we've done down here at Junk Day. So here it goes. They talk about crowns, and I've talked about this before, but there's going to be crowns in heaven given to us when we get there. So there's things that we're doing right now. See, eternity is not when you get there. Eternity starts right now. It's, it's you're right now working out your eternity. You're right now walking into your eternity. So there's the crowns are the crown. First one, there's five crowns mentioned in the word of God. The first one is the crown of rejoicing. And this is the sometimes called the soul winner's crown. Come on, and let's think about that. So as we're walking and we're here, last year was all about go ye therefore, go ye there. Sometimes we take these things casual, not realizing there's crowns for these things. There's things that God, God's going to crown us as we obey his word. So in 1 Thessalonians 2 and 19, um, it says this, For what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? 
The crown of rejoicing was that when we get to heaven and we see the people that we've witnessed to, we've seen the people that we follow through with, is that not going to be a crown of rejoicing to see that I talked to mama, I talked to the person at my job, I talked to my next door neighbor, I witnessed to them. Is that not going to be the crown of our rejoicing to see the people that we've told about the Lord, told the good news of Jesus Christ, presented salvation to, there will be a crown of rejoicing. In the next crown is called the crown of righteousness. Okay? And so this is for those who look for and love Christ's return. Man. A cr- now, see, if you're not looking for God's return, you see what I'm saying? You're just, you're just vague and thoughtless. But those that are looking for, that means when you are looking for uh, and love Christ's return, you're doing everything to be ready for when Christ comes. You are on point because you're looking. If I'm not looking with expectation, I'm not going to do anything. But when I'm looking, and so it says in 2 Timothy 4 and 8, that's, this is called the crown of righteousness. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Come on. Come on. I shall wear a crown. Come on. I'm going to wear a crown. I mean, let's get excited about it, all right? It's not no little princess diva crown. I'm going to wear the Lord's crown, all right? And it's going to be because I've done what the Lord wanted me to do. And so I've been looking and loving and looking for God's appearing. I'm working and doing, I'm occupying till he comes, but I'm also looking and eagerly waiting for my, believing. See, when I'm waiting and looking, it means I believe he's coming back. That I believe his word. And so God loves faith. And so when I'm looking, that's faithfully saying, I know he's coming. It won't be long any day now. And there's the other crown. The third crown is the crown of glory. Now the crown of glory is for those who faithfully teach and preach God's word. In 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4. And you know why I breathe like, when I read that, it's faithfully teach and preach. Sometimes, you know, when we look at those that are teaching and preaching, you say, oh, of course they're going to go to heaven. <laughs> you know, of course they're, they're preaching the word of God. Of course they're pastors. Of course they're evangelists. Of course, that's not enough, of course. Because God let us know that in the scripture, somebody's going to say, didn't I cast out demons? Didn't I do? But he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of, of iniquity. Because some people are preaching and teaching and the motive's all wrong. The motive's all about them. Look at me. And they're not faithfully teaching. They're not faithfully going into And it let us know that a lot of people want to do it. They, I, I want to be a preacher. I want, but it also lets us know that, it, that we will be beat with many of stripes if we preach things that's wrong to you. You know how we, I want to I want it? There's a cost. And so when I read that, my, my spirit just like, Lord, my spirit goes faithfully teach. That doesn't mean that I'm faithfully here every Sunday. 
That doesn't mean that. It means that I faithfully get into the word of God and I faithfully ask God, show me your word. I'm not just haphazard with it. I'm faithfully understanding that I have to rightly divide the word of God. I'm faithfully understanding that what I administer to you can't be me. It's got to be him. And so it makes, it makes me more like not based on my skill because I don't have any based on my way of bringing it across, but based on the anointing that God would give me to say what he had and just depending totally on him. Cause a lot of people depend totally on their skill, but I, I'm telling you, I got to depend on God. Amen. I have to depend on God that you get past what I say, the word, how I, how I pronounce a word. wrong. I got it. Lord, open their hearts to hear you, hear the spirit. It's more to it than that. It's more to it than just being a preacher, a teacher, or an evangelist. It's more to it than I want to be. I got to be called to be. And then I have to, to submit myself for God to be able to work through me, through you, whoever it is, whoever's looking. It says, but when we do, here's, here's a place where we, if we get haphazard or to, I'm talking to some tired preacher today, some tired leader that's saying, man, What's this all for? I mean, I'm preaching and nobody's listening. This is God says, be faithful. Preach in season, out of season. Preach when you have a thousand, preach when you have two. See, somebody would preach if they had a whole lot of people, they'll be so excited. But can you preach when you only have four? When you only have two? Can you still keep on preaching if God's called you to preach the word of God? And it says this, that when you can do it like this, it says the elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory, a glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God. That's what we're called to do. Feed the flock of God. And you can't feed people what they want to be want fed. You know, I've had so many people tell me what sermons I should be preaching. But, you know, it's like, it's like a mama in the kitchen. And you fix and you know what your kids need to eat. And you know they need spinach today, but they, they, they want mandarin oranges. They don't want, they, want, they don't want the spinach. Well, the preacher got to give you the spinach no matter what you want. And God says that we have to faithfully do what he's told us to do. You know, in, in what somebody says, if you stop preaching about love, I've had so many people over the years tell our past, stop preaching about love. All we hear about love. I'm sick of hearing about marriage. I'm saying, you know what? Because you're sick of hearing about something that you still need. <laughs> because when you got it, you know the value of it. You know the value of it. You know the value of that spinach. And you don't hate spinach no more because you know what spinach does. Give me some more spinach. But when we don't know the value of something, we get tired of it. We want something else. That's why it says that we will heap to ourselves teachers with itching ears because we want to hear what we want to hear. But there's where I'm not going to get beat with no many of sorts. I'm going to say what the Lord says. He says in season, out of season, whether they like it, whether they don't like it, feed them. Just like you would be a good mom and good daddy, I hope you would feed your kids what they needed and not just what they want. Feed the flock of God which is among you. 
taking the oversight. You guys, come on, anybody in here? God's calling some of y'all to leadership and to, to preach one day and be over churches. This is the thing is, you take the oversight. God said, I didn't call the people to take the oversight. I called you to take, I called you to take courage. I told you to stand up and do what I want you, want you to do, whether it's favorable or not. You take the oversight. Thereof, not by constraint, and I'm saying it with passion, but what it means is not by, I'm not going to make you do nothing. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell you what the Lord yeah. says. But willingly. And God is saying, not by constraint. He don't have to make me do this. But willingly. Not for filthy lucre. Because a lot of people, they would not work in a small church because they want a big congregation for big money. Okay? And, that's, and, and, and God sees that. Be of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. What I preach, I got to live. That's what he says. The biggest sermon is from my life. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive. Now listen to this. You shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. And so although as preachers, and they talk about how many are walking away and you may be weary, God is letting you know, keep on preaching. Preachers, keep on preaching, all right? Because God is going to give us a crown of glory that fadeth not away. And people can look, sometimes they look at preachers and they think that's a, you know, oh, I don't want to be a preacher because, man, that's a hard life. It don't look like they got nothing. No, okay? We will receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Then there's the last one is the incorruptible crown. And that's for those who run a good race in this Christian life. All right? And it says in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 25, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. Not they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we are, we an incorruptible. All right? So it's letting us know, it, it says, um, I'm going to do the, the NLT. So it says, do you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. And what it's talking about is in this earth, they had, and, and in, in that time, they would have races. And what they would get a wreath after they, that's what they would get was a wreath. That was their prize. And they would run and they would train and they would be disciplined to get the wreath. All right. But God is saying they did it for a prize that would fade away. But we need to run for a prize that is for eternal life, all right? If we will be disciplined in this earth to do the earthly things, then we need to be even more so disciplined to do the eternal things. That's what God is letting us know. Be more so disciplined in that area. And I'm going to end with this scripture. In Philippians 3, 17 through 21. It says this, stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running this, this same course, headed for this same goal. Those that are running the course to live for Christ, headed for the goal of seeing the Lord one day. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to get you to go along with them. 
I've warned you of them many times. Sadly, I'm having to do it again. All they want is Easy Street. They hate Christ's cross. But Easy Street is a dead-end street. Those who live to make their bellies their gods, belches are their praise, all they can think of is their appetites. But there's far more to life for us. But there's far more to life for us. We're citizens of high heaven. We're waiting the arrival of the Savior, the Master Jesus Christ, who will transform our earthly bodies into glorious bodies like his own. He'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skill by which he is putting everything as it should be under and around him. He's warning us. Be careful who you're hanging around. If you're not pulling them to Christ, they're pulling you. Be careful who you're hanging around. Be careful who you're listening to. Are you going in the same direction? Are your, is your direction upward to God? It, I mean, who you're hanging, I'm talking about who you daily hanging around. Are you pulling, are you there to witness? Do you, if you can't talk about God and you're embarrassed of God, remember what God said, if you're embarrassed of me, I'm going to be embarrassed of you. If, if you can't lift up the name of Jesus, if you can't stand out and be a light for the Lord, you need to reevaluate that. So there are people that want to get you off course, right? They want to get you away from making it to heaven. If I can't come into your life, it says, Friends don't let friends go to hell. Now, also, good friends will help friends go to heaven, all right? And you can't do it by omission. You can't just fit in and don't say nothing. Things is all going wrong around you, and you're just like, well, I just won't say nothing. No, you need to make a stand. God said it's time for us to make a stand, heaven or hell. Which way are you going, and which way are you taking others? Because somebody is following you. Somebody looks at you and they think you're popular or great or, and they're following you. But where are you leading them? We've got to decide today, you guys. There is a place that God has said he's gone to prepare for us. That we would live with him forever. This old world is going to pass away. And everything, it says, don't build up treasures on this earth where the moth and, and comes in and eats away. And but build treasures up in heaven where the moths cannot destroy. It's something lasting, you guys. You guys can stand. How about you? I want to go to heaven. I've got to see my Lord someday. Robert, I got to hear him say, well done. I want to walk on the streets of gold. I want to see that river. But most of all, I want to... Sit at his feet and just look at the one who died for me. <laughs> you know, the one that put up with me. I'm talking about, have you ever thought God be putting up with us? <laughs> you know, and not giving up, but he put up with us. You know, he, he, I died for you. I hung on the cross for you. And then there's days you don't even want to talk to me, acknowledge me. You don't want to believe. I, he put up with us. He loves us so much. And he says, and he's so faithful that my love, my love, my love's going to bring him through. My love's going to bring him higher. My love's going to transform him. He just, no matter how we ignore him, no matter how we, we have a lack of faith, my love, my love, my love is going to be consistent 
He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He puts up with us. And I want to see that one that puts up with me. I want to see that one that puts up with me, has put up with me all these years to get my faith to where my faith is right now. I want to see the one that as he looks down and hears, hears conversations like, I can't stand it. God, you're not fair. Why are you doing this? Are you really there? I, I want to see that one that understands and says, I know right now what you're going through, but I love you. And I'm with you. If you, just, if you just call my name, you're going to find out that I'm still with you. Some of us would walk away so, and never go back. We'd say, bump that. I don't need you in my life. If, if you don't see what I'm doing for you and see how much I love you, bump y'all, wouldn't we? But he's right there. He's right there. When we run back to him, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He's right there. God, I forgive me. Forgive me. He's right there there that's who I want to see and that's who I want to be with I don't want to be with the tormentor that that acts sweet and acts like he's on my side and sways with me and say I know how you feel you should feel like that God is not fair he's not I don't want to be with him I don't want to be with Satan I don't want to be with him I want to be with the one who died for me heaven is a wonderful place you guys and let's remember, we're not just down here just by some vague and thoughtless purpose of God. We are down here, yes, to make ourselves, God has created us, and the purpose is to make us into the image of his son. But as we're walking and being made in the image, we're also coming along and helping others so that when God, he said he wants his table full. He wants his table. Fight your neighbor to know Jesus. If Jesus was to come today, could you stand and say, I'm ready. My heart's ready. I'm ready for eternity. My heart's ready. And do you guys know when I ask that, it's no guilt trip. Because the power of that, the it's no guilt trip and it is no condemnation. The power of it is, is that we just have to take a second to examine and we just got to take a second to say, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> I haven't been ready, but see, it's no condemnation. God is all, all about readying us at any minute, at any minute. If we would just grab hold, we could be ready for heaven. Because he loves us just that much that when we hear his word under the sound of his word, if we will repent and turn from our wicked ways, he will heal, heal our land, not just America, but our land, our hearts. What a good God that's constantly giving us an opportunity to go back with him. The thief on the cross right there, right, did all that stuff. But on the cross, he acknowledged God. And in that moment, that moment, today you're with me in paradise. God is not about disqualifying anybody. But his love is all about qualifying us so that we can be with him forever. And I'm so glad to know that this is not my final destination. It is my preparation, but it's not my final destination. And I will be with him forever if I continue to walk in his word, walk in his love, and believe. There's an antichrist spirit, you guys. I'm telling you, there's an antichrist spirit that's coming to take your belief in God. And we have to believe. It's not based on works. It's belief. It's based on believing.
in the Son, Jesus Christ, believing to the point that you know he died for you and that you know he came to set you free and that you will turn your heart to him and you will walk after his love. So we just thank God for those that are at home. I just pray that as you go, there's so much more in this word of God about hell and heaven. And I just admonish you to get into the, the word of God Read about it, study about it, know about it so that you can make a God decision. When everyone's gaffing off and laughing and saying there's no, go to your word. Find your word. If it's not in the word, don't follow people that they're not saying things that's in the word. They're saying things based on feelings and not based on God's word. Today, I would pray that everyone on the sound of my voice would make a decision that I want to live with God forever. And I want to live the way God wants me to live, not just to get to heaven, but because the way that he wants me to live is how I can be a winner here on earth. Amen? The way that he wants us to live helps us to be a winner on earth. And so we want to follow his word. And so, Lord, we thank you right now as we bow our house. God, we thank you.